it's a yes bang maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Uh, welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. My name is Munter and I'm with Jacko and Lugsy once again. This is episode number 25 and the second of our World Cup specials. This coverage is brought to you by Piranha Grip Socks. Bring some flair to your game. Speaking of flair, boys, let's start with our Piranha play of the podcast from the last three, four, five games. I, I'm, I've kind of lost count really um, and then we'll just go from there. Um, so what I've got is we'll go right back to Zimbabwe, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got here. This is it's a bit of a Sean Pollock, Quinton de Cock sort of combo, but Zimbabwe posted seventy nine off their nine overs, and then Sean Pollock describing it as something to bowl at, um, which is a nice way of saying they've not got any, they haven't got nearly enough. Yeah. And it was proven to be correct when Quinton de Cock hit the first uh, five balls for four, 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 six, four. And next one is from the big boil over, Ireland, England. Uh, Ireland's fee on hand, cleaning up Ben Stokes with an incredible in-swinger, although speaking to Lugsy off here, it was slower than normal, um, <laughs> but a good delivery nonetheless. And I think the only one, other one I've got is, um, it could be any any number of the big Stoins record-breaking half-century, but just just for me, just him sort of like flexing, after he muscled, like just was muscling the ball over the boundary, just I felt like there was just a real good look, showed a lot of flair, um, and just looked really nice. Anything else? Yeah, probably Henrik Norchi's fastest spell in a World Cup ever. Um, <laughs> just solidifying him as a great draft pick from me. Um, <laughs> four for ten off three point three. Thanks, mate. Yeah, we, were, we were wondering how long it would take to get to that. That's all of thirty seconds here from Jacko. So. <laughs> Plenty of piranha flair from my Henrik. I mean, I, I think we have to go for big storms because one um, one of the innings didn't even count. Um, <laughs> and, one of the balls, and one of the balls has been described as overrated by some, and we won't mention names, but some people think... person. <laughs> some. We won't name names, but it's the guy that's ruling it out. That, that's that's the classic, like you see, you're a club player and you see like a professional cricketer and you go, oh, he's not that good. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> It just, I think Stokes made a meal of the ball. Can we accept that? It was a good ball, but Stokes made a bit, bit hard work of it. Could have, he could have played it better. I mean, I suppose it's white ball cricket, but you should still be keeping that out. Yeah, his feet. I don't know how he's done this, but his feet sort of went nowhere, but then everywhere. He sort of didn't <laughs> move for a starter, and then somehow still played it on the move. So no, it did move a lot. It did move a lot though, and it was mm. you know it swung and nice yeah. and late. So it's a fair nut, but it's got to yeah. be the big stories. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll concur with that. The big storm, big storm for me. Yeah, I mean that that knot from Big Puppy was just quite something. Um, sort of another, just another game where everyone around him struggled, and he's come in and like struck over. I mean, he was striking over three hundred for this one, but he did something similar in the in the last World Cup. Like when he's on and striking it cleanly, there's like. Not much you can do, is there? Like as the opposition team, so yeah, most flares got to go to the big storm. What's harder, storms hitting the ball or me watching storms hit that ball? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the flexing after it, it was it was pretty superb by storms. 
You just stay away from your piranha socks with that sort of carry on there, like. I've never too good a socks sort of that carry on. That. Far, far too good a socks. And um, tell you what, he'd look good in some piranha socks, just quietly. Yeah. We'll get into uh, Stoin in a second, but um, yeah, as I said, that's our that's our piranha play of the day, bringing flair to your game. Non-slip grip technology designed to minimise slipping in your shoe, maximising your output. Designed and tested right here in New Zealand by professional athletes. The choice of sock by Black Caps, Devin Conway, Finn Allen, Michael Bracewell, Ish Sodi, Jimmy Neesham, White Ferns, Mealy, Jess Kerr, and Molly Penfold, as well as the number one women's bowler in the world, Sophie Eccleston, and maybe one day this big puppy storing. Performance, quality, and style. Do not listen to us on performance and quality. We don't know what we're talking about, but professional athletes do. However, I did have my piranhas on at cricket training the other night where I bowled one of the great dog stick spells ever ever seen. But I think I think we can touch on a bit of style because we all know the most important thing in cricket is not runs, it's not wickets, it's not even catches. It's looking good. And mm. these socks look good. So for the T20 World Cup, which we will be covering with two podcasts a week, get yourself a pair of piranhas latest range by using the code TMC15, which gets you 15% off, funny enough, which is uh, better than nothing. So help Piranha help us. Boys, speaking of the big puppy storm, ridiculous innings. Let's let's touch on that game. Australia getting on the board, chasing down Sri Lanka's 157 with seven wickets in hand with 21 balls to spare, which if you take it at face value, it sounds a real comfortable win. I would say it's, it was, wasn't quite the case, especially if you ask Aaron Finch. Boys, what did you take from that game? <laughs> Yeah, um, I was basically exactly the same. Sort of woke up, checked the scorecards, and was like, oh, yeah, Aussie have just tuned up Lanka. But, um, yeah, I mean, Stoinis has basically put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound for Australia here. <laughs> like, Finch, that was below poor. Like, you cannot be 30 or 40. Um, and then and then to come out and just be like, oh, yeah, real bizarre, just wasn't striking it well. Like, no <laughs> yeah. shit, mate, we've all watched it. Um, has been striking it well for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's why you retired from ODA cricket, mate. But yeah, I think Stoin showed there like what what he can do. Um, and I mean, just needed to come up there to get them across the line. So I think their powers and obviously Warner going blazing at the top and then sort of their middle to lower order just boffing it with power at the end. So didn't really see much from like the likes of Wade and stuff in that game. But um, yeah, I think their formula... Not quite there. And I think a little bit of concern of Pat Cummins' form in T20 cricket. Um, hasn't been great the last 12 to 18 months. So, yeah, some things to some things to look at for Aussie, I think, after securing points. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they'll be over the moon with that. I mean, to get the wins, obviously, job done. But if it wasn't for uh, that innings, it was going to be hard work. I mean, I do say with sort of 10 overs to go, Sri Lanka were favourites there. Um, so if it wasn't for a Stoinis innings, um, that, then they would they'd be zero two here and in a lot of trouble. But I guess that's why we um, we are always so worried about them is because they do have that power still down the end. And even though maybe they haven't done it as consistently as you'd like, guys like Maxwell Stoins and that they can still do it to you. I wouldn't say they were in a in a great position, Australia. Um, but I guess they can if they can build from it then they've got the win on the board. Maybe they'll get some confidence from that. But still a lot of work-ons there. Obviously, Zamps, Zamps didn't play this game. Um, Agar came in for him. and But their bowling was going all right. They actually did start well. I thought Cummings actually bowled well up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, that last over, he got he got smashed away. But so 
potentially the death battling still a bit of a work on and then and then the batting. So yeah, still not looking the best. My my notes for um Aaron Finch was just fuck me. Um <laughs> basically because it was it was a tough watch. Even even the winning runs was like an effort. It was like a cloth hit over the top. It could, didn't even go for four. They had to had to come back for two. Cricket's sort of one of those weird sports where oddly being in there longer can make you look and feel worse. If he had sort of got yeah. 22 off 10 or something and got actually got a few boundaries away, he's probably feeling a bit better. But he's actually mm. he's actually had to dig in there, which you've got to give him credit for digging in. Um, Do you? But it sort of it made him look worse because it was just longer to see how much yeah. he's battling. If he got eight off twelve and sort of hold out on the boundary, though, like it's probably like, oh, well, it wasn't my day, but like to struggle for thirty off forty is pretty tough. Forty balls, you know, you you know, you're battling. Like the lowest strike rate for a forty ball innings ever in T Twenty cricket. Yeah, that's that's actually a bit embarrassing. I think I also I seen one that was it was something like the difference between Stoin and Finch was like the biggest discrepancy of like a strike rate partnership ever. Yeah, it wouldn't it, surprise it was, me. It was like because Storn was going at like fucking almost like it was over. It was over three hundred, wasn't it? it was three three eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got like um, Finch going at like sixties. Like it's a slow test innings. Um, they they really ride or die with Warner at the moment. I feel like mm. it looks worse because Warner hasn't hasn't got any. Whereas I think if Finch sort of doesn't get any, normally it's like then you got Marsh and Warner. And they're still going quite well, but when Warner fails, then you, then you've got Finch, and he and he's trying to dig in. And I, I just I don't know what his role. I think he, I don't know what his role in the team is anymore because if he's just going to dig in and, and scratch around and rotate, like how can he do that better than Steve Smith? I think also like if your first option is digging in, then you're in a pretty confused place with batting, aren't you? In T Twenty cricket, especially like, digging in, digging in's when you are potentially. You know, you go out there to bat, you lose a couple of wickets, and you think three or four overs I dig in here. That can't be your mindset the whole the whole time you're batting, though, in T20 cricket. Well, it's probably the one format where, um, like, you hanging around is more <laughs> is selfish, is more yeah. selfish than like the other. Like, if you dig in for a test innings, it's brave. It's you know, it's doing it for your team. But if you do that at a T20, it's gen- normal. Unless you're in the shit, it's normally you're worried about your score. Rather yeah. than like how the teams, what the team odds needs. Are, odds are you hit out, get out, and if I mean that's the the model these days, really hit out, get out, and and the next guy up can can try to do it better than you. Yeah, I think T Twenty cricket's like the one freeing format, isn't it? Of like you're not worried about getting bowled out as a side, especially if you're opening the batting. Like fair fucks if they lost five early and Tim David gets thirty or forty while Stoinis goes big to win it, like okay, you've done a good job because you might have been at risk. But, yeah, when you're opening the batting, you've actually got a full licence um, to send it. And if you're not doing that, yeah, you've probably got to find someone that's uh, in form or believes in himself enough to do that. But, like, speaking of someone in form, um, we could probably talk about a bit more about Big Puppy because that was um, that was a <laughs> sensational knock. You know, that really was... Um, because they, like I said, Lugsy, you touched on it. They were under the pump a little bit, and sort of Maxwell sort of kick-started it. And I think when the yeah, Storm came in, I feel like they needed tens or nines or or something. And um, obviously, you got Finch just not doing nothing, so he had to go. They um, had no right to win it with three overs to spare. No, that. and it was like the blink of an eye. It was like mm. two and a half overs. The game was over, and like 
they just took apart like Hasaranga, who's you know I'm a proud member of the Lugsy Eleven. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one for your um, <laughs> for your fantasy thing. But, um, but it's he's he's a premier leg spinner. Like he's yeah. you know in the conversation of one of the best in the world, and he's gone for fifty three off three overs. Like he could bowl, he could bowl a maiden the next the next over, and that'd still be expensive over an expensive spell. He could bowl like. How many maidens could he bowl until that wouldn't be an expensive spell? Yeah. Well, no more than one because he's got four tops. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it's just like 53. It's like if someone got if someone was 53 for none at the end of a power play, six overs, mm. you'd be like, that's a that's a quick start. I think, um, and I'll just shout out while we're on the topic, the, the Sky Sport Now app I'm watching on had actually a like, 12-minute 30 package and all it was was every Stoinis ball. So that was, I mean, that was absolutely superb viewing. And he was, yeah, straight out of the Coley playbook because he was absolutely fist-pumping and flexing after every biggie. And it was it was superb. That's what you get in, the, in a World Cup that you don't in, like, bilateral absolutely. series. Like, mm. you just get, like, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of feeling in it. And that's what, that's what he can do. Like, he's just got, if... So much power, and it kind of like that's why um, when we're talking about the Cats versus Australia, that's why I was so impressed with like Santner um, to just sort of keep them in check because fuck, that's there's so much power there. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and I think the other good point you make there about why these sort of games matter so much more than your average because just look at like how much has changed in like three days since we recorded. The work, yeah. like, between a couple of rainouts, one big mm. upset, Nozzy get on the board. It's like everything's wide open again already within three days. Yeah, I mean our ta- our pool is just so condensed now. Like as we sort of predicted, well, we predicted sort of England Aussie too good, us nipping at the heels. But now it's like, fuck Ireland tip ups and minnows. There's a few washouts. They're a chance. I tell you what, this pool goes into disarray if England Aussie gets rained out. Yeah, and it, and it sort of leads on to like our next our next sort of game review, but the, it's going to make this like Aussie England game just so important on Friday night. And has, like, has there been a bigger pool match in World Cup like in recent times? Do we think? No, I can't. I can't think of one. Eh? Maybe 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 India Pakistan felt pretty yeah, big that, the other night. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is big for like that's this is a, big that's for the a tournament, massive isn't it? game. Yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Definitely yeah. for the context of the tournament, sort of who gets in, who gets out. Um, like if, like if England, if Aussie win that, and England, like England, have to beat us now, and fuck, we're looking like a good side. So, well, one of the two major teams is going to have two losses. So, one of them, fuck one yeah. of them, is potentially gone tomorrow night. Sort of hinted at their lugsy. Should we, should we talk about that big upset that uh, Ireland England mm. game? Absolutely. Probably, probably the biggest. The biggest upset of the tournament, I think, I without sort of because I feel like if you ranked, if you had to rank all the teams in this group, Group One, before that game, you'd probably have well, I'd have England number one and Ireland at the bottom, but then you've got somehow Ireland sort of flipping that script, posting one five seven, England falling eighty six for five, and then the heavens opened up. They got to 105 for five, which was five over short of the Duckworth Lewis. Mm-hmm. Moana Ali was on was on the charge, but Irish too good. Boys, how'd you see it? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I was actually at the barber shop today trying to explain Duckworth Lewis to my barber. That's um, tough, eh? <laughs> and in explaining it, I sort of got some clarity of this game, and it, this is just a fuck shit game. Like, yeah. 
we've got Ireland winning this, but I mean, it comes around once every World Cup cycle of like, what is Duckworth Lewis? How have Duck and Lewis come up with it? And like, like what is going on sometimes with it? Because it produces games like this where you're like, well, if, if they got out for another couple of balls, England have to get 11 off three. And it's like, well, are there a chance at that? Like maybe Livingston and Ali at their crease. Or it's a game that you look at it and you go, fuck, well, actually, England should have won that because Livingston and Ali are starting to charge. And like if you're actually just looking at it, it could it could be England, but then Ireland get a couple and I, I guess they, they've won on Duckworth Lewis. So, yeah, I mean tough for England to, to cop the loss but um, yeah I think they'll just need to flush it and I suppose they've still got games against us and and Aussie to, to write the ship with um, and yeah it seems like rain's starting to play a factor so Duckworth Lewis needs review again. Well it's funny you say that because I had out or not out as for later on but we'll, we'll, we'll bring it up now because it's sort of Duckworth Lewis as a whole. Um, obviously Jackson's pretty out because he obviously had Zimbabwe, South Africa um, in a similar sort of situation where South Africa were three overs in to their nine-over game. They were 51 for none. And then they were actually ahead of Duckworth Lewis at five overs. Mm. So all they had to do was face out two maidens. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they, they would have won, but they couldn't. So, yeah, I think it's outdated. It's made for 50-over cricket, and they need a new one for T20 cricket. I guess quickly on Duckworth Lewis. The only thing I'll say on that, like, is that I just I don't know. I I would hope they've been working on a better method, but if they haven't came up with a one, then maybe there just isn't one. The fight back is, and it's like, well, if you don't use this, what are you going to use? Yeah, is that's it, the is, only. It is a sport where it's just so tough to like apply any system to a game because, like, as we've all been a part of, like, cricket games just. Can anything can happen sort of like that any given Sunday moniker in the NFL like anything can happen in cricket and it's hard to put a I guess a statistical model on it and say right these blokes are winning and these blokes are losing but um, yeah. yeah I mean surely there's enough interested cricketers with some some uh, statistical knowledge and we can't come up with better so just something yeah. we've got to cough at this stage I'll have a think about it tonight and see what yeah, I can you do. Yeah, rumin- you ruminate on that at Beer Fest tomorrow, <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have 900 beers tomorrow night and see what I come up with. Sometimes you can fix the, all the problems when you have a few. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you can create more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the actual yeah. cricket, though, so like, I, I mean, I think it is a shame it ended the way it did because you never know, you know, with Mo and Ellie there and Livingston going, how that's going to win. But I think Ireland deserved to win that game. Mm. Um, it better particularly well. England were obviously below par with the with the ball and actually had to fight back pretty well to even um, restrict Ireland the way they did. And it, it's with these games where you're always sort of waiting for that. When you what like I watched the game yesterday and you're sort of always waiting because Ireland started really well and you're still always waiting with these bigger nations to pull it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did it again, but then Ireland started so well with the ball and again, I'm watching it just sort of waiting for it to go wrong or a couple of big overs from England and they sort of settle in and win. But Ireland just stuck to their guns. They fielded poorly. Yeah, I was going to say, they tried to lose yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> they tried everything they could in the field to lose it. But they just held their nerve when they needed to. 
Um, and I think over the what was played, they were the better side. They did outplay them. Mm, definitely. The only other question, like obviously the cricket was good and it seems like Ireland were like, fuck, they're pretty up for this. Um, but the only other question that sort of come out has been around that like there's a roof stadium like a couple of miles down the road from the MCG. So I guess it does raise a question of like a World Cup where every game matters. Yeah. Should we be looking at these roof stadiums if we know there's rain around? But... Well, listen, obviously watching the game, they must have mentioned no fewer than 50 times that there was like no one at the game, which is like not something you normally promote, but they they (laughs) consistently kept saying... Few less here than last game. Few less here than last game. There's only a few thousand here. Look, what's going on? Is there an agenda to make this like India Pakistan the only game that matters? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It was odd commentary, but yeah, it did highlight the fact that when there's a roof stadium down the road, why aren't we using it? I read somewhere that potentially there was something on there, like they had motocross or something. But like, I see demons. You reckon? Yeah, someone like, oh, I don't know, but um, you, you do think like if you're going to hold these sort of events, you've got to you've got to be a bit smarter. Um, you know, you can't afford to lose too many more games. Like, like if that ha- happens too like too often, it kind of ruins the World Cup a little bit. Especially when you're booking a double header though, as well. Yeah, probably on two games. Yeah, I think the double header you've got to have it roofed so you know like conditions are the same because like if that comes out and the weather's fine. And then New Zealand just get to play, and you've got to cut the the uh, the England game short. Surely they're like, well, what the fuck? We could be playing right now and winning yeah, this that, game that potentially. That all felt very odd. Could have had like two uh, two turnover games, like just to squeeze them all in before mm. the rain. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then there's like, does New Zealand is that reduced not because of rain, but because the game beforehand goes into it? And it's just like, if you're gonna if you're gonna set up a double header, you probably need a roof stadium if it's in the same competition because you do just have to you can't just like that England that game couldn't have just ended because we had to get the New Zealand Afghanistan game on like that should have been able to be played out in full essentially yeah because yeah we I mean I'll, I'll talk I'll touch on sort of Ireland because they they did they were they were the better side for for what I guess for the the overs that were played and I was probably most impressed with Probably their, like their top order, um, yeah. just the way, just the way they come out and just attacked England's seamers. Sort of, they reminded me of the way that uh, the Caps sort of attacked Aussie seamers. Like they weren't, they weren't sort of afraid, and they sort of were like, "Well, we, we're not going to win unless we have a go at these guys." Essentially, mm. and they they put they put them under pressure. They got to a hundred and three, and they sort of they did let it slip a little bit, get to one five seven. But and then even with the ball, you know, they come out hot. They they took poles in that power play and they really sort of – I just feel like they really took it to, um, you know, a fucking good – a fucking good England side on paper anyway. Mm, um, definitely. A lot batting, of favourites. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, I picked them to go all the way. But it's, their, it's funny with England because their strength would be their batting and their weakness would be their bowling. But it's been the opposite. Like their bowling's actually been quite – like very good, particularly at the death with like Sam, Sam Curran. Um, he's been quite good. But their batting just seems very lacklustre, and it, it does sort of it does sort of show like if if Butler doesn't get any, if he can get Butler early, um, I don't know if they are openly panicking, but he does seem to paper over a few cracks with like Stokes not being in form, 
Um, obviously, Milan's not going that quick. So, hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a short tournament too. Like they don't have <clears throat> they don't have many games now to figure it out either. Like the next game's huge. Like they lose to Aussie, they potentially out of the World Cup. So they're gonna have to figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, as you said, Butler might uh, might gloss over some things, but yeah, the rest of that batting order needs to step up, step up, and step up in a pretty big way pretty quickly for them to sort of revive these chances of the, what their chances at this World Cup yeah you'd say there's a, probably a few teams that are very top heavy eh? or they're relying like you say you talk about Aussie and, and they were pretty lucky with Stoins. I know Pakistan battled hard for their 160 in the first game but they're very top heavy as well um, to sort of key wickets in that, in that power play go a long way to winning these games with this big England Australia game it sort of, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll bring up sort of a co- one of our coach corner questions where I sent, I sent out an Instagram question uh, for coach corner, just any any questions for uh, the World Cup and that sort of stuff, and oh, we got a lot of like semis and finals sort of picks. So I thought, well, this is probably a good time to review our picks from earlier uh, before the tournament and how they sort of stack up, and if we'd sort of change them because you got England and. England and Australia coming up on Friday. The loser's probably gone. I had, I think going into this tournament, I had Pakistan-England final with India and Australia getting out of the pool. Um, obviously, I'd probably change it a little bit. I'd probably put definitely New Zealand in there. I still think England's a good team. I, Funny enough, I still think Pakistan's might be the, they could be the, still be the best team. I still have walked away mm. from that that loss against India thinking that they've lost because Coley's Cole, played an absolute god innings. Baba and Rizwan haven't got any runs. And their death bowler decided he'd bowl like wides and no balls and like there was some weird stuff that happened for India. Like Coley was obviously freakish but there was yeah. weird stuff that happened to get them over the line. Like Pakistan well, would have been for him? sort of 37 overs and then it all unraveled, but you'd hope they figure that out, yeah. Yeah, so I would, if I was going to change it, I would. I still, I'm still going Pakistan, England, in the final. I'm still, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, but obviously, I think New Zealand's going to get out, and I'm going to pick. Fuck, I really want South Africa. I, I, I think mm. South Africa's fucking good, eh? Mm. But I, I think, I don't know how they get out now. Like unless that they, they're going to have to beat India and Pakistan. Yeah, which they could do. I. I think they're better than India. Yeah, I think their bowling their bowling rounds them out a bit better than India's does. Like yeah. they've, they've bought their full strength. Like they've got their cohort of bowlers, whereas India, as we've sort of touched on, they're missing boomers. So it's like, obviously, South Africa's batters are in form. So if their bowlers do the job, not all of them, not all of them, <laughs> but. <laughs> But like, if you know what I mean, like the South yeah, African, yeah, yeah. the batting's there at the moment, and yeah, temper bavuma. But yeah, their bowlers, they might just have them pipped against India. But now that India have beat Pakistan, how does South Africa and Pakistan get out of that pool? It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, and they got had that rained out game, which which might come back to to mm. bite them towards the end. But I, I like their team, and I think they were they were unbelievable against Bangladesh. Just just like just before this podcast started. Yeah. But, I mean, that was some of the cleanest hitting I've seen from uh, Riley Rousseau and 
the cock. That was yeah. that was full throttle. Oh yeah, I think they scored like twenty seven runs in the last five overs or something, and still got two hundred. I was going to say, like the biggest weakness is when Russo's in the nineties, <laughs> and, and and he's stopped, basically stopped swinging, and he's he's only thinking about his milestone. That's a bit how you're going, but mm. um, like they they fucking can hit a ball. He really took a part, and then their bowling just blasted. Like Bangladesh, like um, Jackson, you might as well take the floor if you want to talk a bit, a bit more about Norchies, but um, fucking hell, it was so imp- I know Bangladesh are terrible, yeah. but well, I think like they had a they had a pretty hot start, and as like as we've seen this World Cup, like if your top order just swings fearlessly, anything can happen. But yeah, I think the their quicks, um, we sort of talked about their quicks a while ago, uh, coming into the Test series over here, um that we were sort of saying that that South African attack... Oh, no, sorry. It was the England-South Africa Test Series. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's just something about the South Africans. They've always got good bowling stocks. Um, and, yeah, they... Fuck, if Norchie's bowling like that, at that sort of pace, that is, like... That just rounds their attack out perfectly, I think. Um, so, yeah, they... They're starting to make some noise in that pool. Um when they play Pakistan, that is a huge game now because I think each pool's got those three three teams that arguably, uh, you know, you could get a good sort of final series with any of those six going through. So, um, yeah, just, but fuck, Africa seems to be playing some good cricket here. So I think the only thing with South Africa is we need to see how they, they go about one of the big dog teams. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're yeah. doing exactly what they should, though, Um against the minnows and I mean it's it's very harsh on them that that game was rained out because they should be two from two here mm. and net run rate through the roof um, which can factor in in these especially if every team has like a loss the net run rate can actually play a huge role so yeah, yeah it, it is hugely unfortunate for them because I, I am big on their team as well mm. they're a good good balance of big power quite experienced up top especially with Tukok and then their bowling attack looking just 100%. pretty fiery and settled. So they're a good side, but we yeah, need to see them against, yeah. against Pakistan and India. Yeah. Because 2020s just say they, they can all change very quickly. Like teams can go from looking quite ordinary to sort of it all comes together for a game and, and then they look unbeatable again. No, that, that's well said, boys. I think it, it could it could really go any, either way. And I think the, the rained out stuff is, is really niggly. And I think Zimbabwe played that really sort of well. I think. You know, there was a few guys slipping. There was a few arms sort of raising. You know, they really. Yeah. I, I always, I always enjoy it. They were, they were always just like, you know, oh, we, we wanted a game. We wanted to mm. finish that game. We definitely want to finish that game. And it, yeah. it sort of made me think about like all the times in uh, in club cricket, especially when you, you might pull a bit of shit housery just to sh- just to sort of get uh, get the rain card. I remember probably the biggest time I I've seen it was when we played, and this is a wh- a while back when when. Uh, Uni Grange Club from Dunedin was basically where all the vaults went. The long time. It was a very long time ago. They'd be they wouldn't be seen dead in that uniform at the moment. But well, that's how Uni Grange listeners gone. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, all the rest of the clubs will be happy. That's um, a big match match. The dogs coming up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dogs yeah, tip them up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so like th- this this Grange team had like seven vaults, and we were a terrible sort of uh, demon sort of outfit. And I think. It started raining, and they must have been like eighty for eighty off the first six overs, or something stupid like that. 
And it's a 50 over game, by the way. <laughs> it started sort of drizzling and then our, uh, our, our skipper, who's a bowler, was just he just refused to bowl. So he'd just, he'd just run in, uh, act like he was slipping, constantly slipping. Like, this is dangerous. What are you going to do? You know, I've got... I've got a family at home, you know. I got to pay, you know. I can't, I can't afford to get injured playing cricket. Like, come on, mate. Like that sort of stuff. So, have you boys sort of seen anything along those lines? Yeah, I'll probably, um, I might sort of zag here. I'll go the opposite, and it's more like if you really want to stay on. So, probably in uni <laughs> right. ranges. Um, Not often seen in cricket, but nah. <laughs> but if you've got a you've got a game hunting for, I'm a big advocate of like right at the end of the day, like I'll just go sunnies on. Yeah, like <laughs> six thirty at night, raining, drizzling, fucking dark. I don't care if I can't see the ball coming at me. Those sunnies are staying on till the ump calls us off. Because if they look over at me and go, "Geez, he's got his sunnies on. Must be bright enough." We might just stay out there to get that last pulse. So, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, a bit of bit of foxing there. Sometimes done. Yeah, as much as I um, as much as I absolutely rate that player, you, you've got to be some sort of like umpire to look around and you're like, I swear it's dark, but that guy's wearing sunny, so I guess it's I guess it's bright out there. Like some of the LBs that get given in club cricket. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, I was gonna say it must have been, must have been a while since you played club cricket, Lugsy, because there are some uh, some special yeah. umpires out there. I mean, I've been, I, admittedly, I'm not a I'm not a tall man, but I, I probably the worst one is when I've um. I've played a pull shots hit me in sort of the, the ribs that I've been given out LBW, but you know, that sort of I've stuff. Probably, yeah. um, I've probably got an absolute all timer here, which that um it's probably actually goes too far, some may say. Um, <laughs> and this person will will rena- rename nameless. Um, but basically we we're, <laughs> were playing a side and I was I was sitting at Square League having a yarn to him. And we were playing, there was no no rain at all around, so and he's um, he's admitted that sort of four thirty in the morning, post uh, quite a few beers that Friday night, he's actually came to the ground. <laughs> this is Premier Cricket in Dunedin, by the way. This is senior level, not uh, not some third grade stuff. He's actually came to the ground with buckets of water <laughs> and proceeded to drench the ground. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So, I know exactly who you're talking about as so well. That's one of the great yards. Had a guy go to that go to that level, um, and obviously these couple of buckets of water actually haven't haven't done anything at all no. over the next sort of four or five hours. It's it's dry, dry, uh, dried out completely. Um, full game <laughs> cricket, but yeah, I mean that's sort of the level some have gone to to try and not play the game of cricket. Mm. As one of our former flatmates once said, you know, no one hates playing cricket more than cricketers. No, absolutely yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty partial to like 18 degrees, nice sunny morning. Then I'll get out for a few overs. That, that's sort of it, eh? Like, it has to be like the perfect condition. Like, I hate it when it's too hot and I hate it when it's too cold. I hate it like when it's drizzling. Um, yeah. mm. I, I only like it when I'm scoring runs. Um, so, basically, so basically, I'll play cricket once a, once a season. Definitely. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, suppose like getting back to the Tom Fullery, I thought I saw something that the Irish captain – Josh Butler sort of insinuated that uh, Ireland had been like deceitfully slow in the field, um, trying That's to get just that, what you do. trying to get that game dragged out. And the Irish captain has basically responded with, "It's a big ground, we're all slow," um, <laughs> which I thought was yeah, pretty, Ireland, pretty good, pretty good Ireland, clap back. Ireland do play this real like sort of. You know, like the fun Irish team, underdog. Yeah. They play that very well. A couple of guys sort of horribly out. Yeah, a couple of guys horribly out of Nick. 
certainly wouldn't pass the Indian fitness test levels. Um, and they just sort of <laughs> lean into things nicely, the Irish. Oh, Cricket, oh. again, like is interesting with that sort of stuff because there's things like, like a bit of gardening and pulling away from the bowler and just – there's things that are like accepted, you know, if there's yeah. like two or like five minutes to go on a day and the batter takes guard all six balls and like things are accepted that are just essentially like wasting time and, and somewhat cheating, but they're accepted ones and some things aren't. Well, I always find it funny because um, everyone does it and everyone's sort of like if if you're behind in the game, you're, you're, you're trying to speed things up. And if you're, if you're ahead of the game, you're going to slow things down. But I always find it funny when like a, like a Joss Butler or whatever is calling out the opposition for doing the exact same thing as he would do if he was in that same position. Yeah, but, 100%. But because, because it's happening against him, it's like outrageous. How could you do that? It's similar to like what you touched on before in the chat mantra of like we rules for cricket. Like if the game gets rained out, you have batted and got fifty, it counts. But if you've got a first baller, it doesn't. That's a hundred percent true. I would always count if I did well in a rain off game. I'll count that towards my averages. If I didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah, that's just it from existence. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like a, it's essentially like the whole innings is a free hit. Should we do our last coach corner? Yeah. Let's get into that. Too easy. Okay, so um, as I said before, we've got Coach Corner. If you do have a question, particularly around the World Cup, do fire it through. Obviously, there's a bit of, there's a bit of content going on, so we'll try to get through sort of once a week. We had one before. Um, this question uh, is around death bowling, and they, they want to know who is the best death bowler in the world right now. Um, off the top of my head, I would say there's two of them, and they're not there. And that is uh, Jasper Boomer and Joffre Archer. They've got pace. They've got good Yorkers. They've got really good slow balls. Um, I think they are the, yeah, the two best, probably T20 bowlers, because they can bowl well with a new ball. They're good test bowlers as well, and they're good at the Jess. So those two, and if I had to pick someone from this tournament, I would say Harris-Ralph, except for when he's bowling at Coley. It's sort of. I felt bad for for old Harris Ralph the other other night because he was actually on fire. Um, yeah. That he just bowled. He just actually. I wouldn't even say he missed his length. the The first six was just freakish. The second one he got wrong. It was too far down leg, but that happens. Um, but he's probably the best. And I don't know if there's that many at the moment that are really sort of locked down death bowlers at the moment. I don't know how how do you boys see it. I guess someone like a like a Trent Bolt from New Zealand, I'd like yeah. you could throw in there, um, purely just on like his skill level, um, and just like he's doing it now all around the world. So you potentially throw someone like him in. I think someone like Stark, if he gets it right, those mm. Yorkers he bowls, like he's probably not someone that's like up there at the moment, um, but. Fuck, if it clicks for him and those Yorkers start coming out at pace, he becomes potentially unplayable no matter what stage of the innings it's at. Um, well, he's actually bowling quite well at the moment. Yeah. I think he's been one of the shining lights for the ball, obviously Hazelwood as well, but he bowled quite well uh, to us at the death and then he bowled really well against Sri Lanka as well. Mm, so Definitely. That's a good one. Yeah, I think Stark, Stark would be that sort of – next peg down from Ralph um, and then potentially like it might be a sort of out of the box one but someone like a Rashid Khan that's um, interesting because I mean on these big grounds like if you're playing at the MCG mm. 
you can't pick him, suddenly it's hard to hit if you don't know what way it's turning. So like that mystery spinner can play a role, but yeah, it's probably it's probably Ralph one and then sort of Stark Bolt in there as well. And then yeah, maybe a mystery spinner at three or four. Yeah, Stark sort of came to mind for me because you always think of him when he's doing well as nailing those Yorkers. Like, when he's bowling well, they come out so well. Um, and then obviously just with his height being a left armor, he's got sort of a lot of natural variation he can use. It's interesting with, like, the, the death bowling now because it's changed quite a bit just over the last few years where it used to almost just be go block hole, go block hole, go block hole. And that, that's sort of that's your option full and wide or full and straight. But now, like, with the, the bigger boundaries especially and, and with the sort of the slow ball, sort of half track and slow ball becoming a lot more popular and sort of harder to hit, you've got to sort of have a bit more variation now. You can't just be block hole, block hole, block hole. <clears throat> so it's the sort of the, it's the guys that have got more tools that are, are becoming the best death bowlers. It's also interesting because, like, it's almost like guys can do it for an over, um, but it's just hard to be consistently good at. Like you've almost just got to know you're going to take a bit of tap at times, and they're, they're almost. I'd, I'd find it quite like a bit of freedom in that. Like if you go for sort of fifteen twenty, some you almost get a bit of a pass sometimes. Mm. Like it is part of the game these days. So I think yeah, there's a few bowlers that can do it. Um, it's just very hard to be consistent at it because these guys can just hit the ball so far now. Like the margin for error is so small. Chunk away from like an over getting away from you too, which is, as you said, that freedom element does come in at the death because you're like, right, well, I'm just going to fucking bowl. And if I land it and they hit it for six, like I can't actually do anything else because. Well, if you look, yeah, if you look at that over two Coley that we talked about, it was like probably, what, four out of six were good balls or good enough, and five out of six were all right. One one real bad ball, but he's still gone for fifth, you know? It's yeah, just so yeah. easy to get it wrong. The bat, the bat is just the bat is just on fire at the moment. But I, I, what I've enjoyed about this World Cup in particular is between the grounds and the pitch conditions, it's, it's such a more even contest between bat and ball. Like, I just... It's, yeah. There's yeah. so many different ways of scoring runs as well. Like, you look at a Conway who <clears throat> he got 90 odd of about 50 odd and he's like gapping and he's like picking gaps. He's running hard. And then like compared to like a Riley Rousseau who they scored relatively the same, the same amount, but Rousseau's just hitting like eight bombs, just clearing the rope. But you can't do that amount, uh, at the MCG. So it's like, you have to play a different way. And then the mm. bowlers, the bowlers are back in it at the death. And then it takes, like it took something special from Coley to actually get over the line, which, um, and it's also quite cool that it's not, we're not in Dubai and it's like bat, bat second and you win. Like I feel like there's a bit more scoreboard pressure in, in a T20 World Cup, like when we're like in bilateral series, it doesn't, doesn't sort of work that way, mm, which is definitely. quite cool. And like, it's in, as you see, it's not that like, right, if we get under pressure, it's a pretty small boundary and the pitch is so good. I can just swing and I'm probably getting six. Like there's, there's a bit more risk in your release shots at this World Cup, it seems. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, yeah, makes the cricket just so much better. It is. Um, It has been interesting with like, especially the Coley performance, Conway to an extent, although he had a bit more help, obviously. But like, and, and then Stoins again and Rousseau today again, had a bit, bit of help, obviously, with the cop. But like one player going off, and that can that can win you the game, you know, like a little bit of help, but mm. one player 
really going off. And that's why the tournament's so open as well. It only takes one of these guys to, to go off, and that's game one. 100%. Anything else you boys want to touch on? The fielding from the, the poor sides has been poor. Yeah. That has been – and and also, to go with that, the fielding from the top sides has been sensational. Like, yeah, the, gap, the gap has been is quite wide. Mm. Which is quite strange because that used to be like a, like a big thing for the weaker sides is like, well, the one thing we can control is we can be a really good mm. fielding side. Mm. But at this World Cup, those I don't know if it's just pressure like of a World Cup, but, man, the weaker sides have been really poor. In the oh, field. yeah. Well, that's sort of how New Zealand, I suppose, established their competitiveness, wasn't it, for a little bit there. It was like, right, we've got some good players, but we'll be the, one of the better fielding sides, and it just can keep you in games. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something you shouldn't be – poor at fielding because you're not a big nation like we've all you'll get hit the same balls you're all take, taking the same catches so it's like yeah you've got to you've got to lift there and that sort of you've got to be up for that at the world cup you'd hope it's a good it's a good sort of floor uh floor raiser fielding yep. but having, having said that i have been like quite impressed with just the depth in players like it does it, yeah. we sort of we sort of penciled in at the start that it would be six teams and that's pretty much it. And the rest of the teams are pretty average. But I guess that, I guess it's T Twenty as well. And I think what what I've seen, like as you've seen, like uh, like Netherlands are playing, they're definitely competing, and Ireland, of course, and then even Scotland to an extent, they were competing. Uh, they obviously did they tip up West Indies? I think they might. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone so all, all these um, yeah, everyone does to be fair. But like all these teams were having having all these games like through the winter or our winter their summer and I just felt like that that's given them a bit of confidence and um yeah I think it's made it a, like a really good tournament apart from it, obviously it's the rain also like all the franchise cricket now there's probably yeah. players that didn't get that chance to play as much that have got gigs around the world and it's really evening things up a bit you heard it here first franchise cricket is good for cricket <laughs> uh Simon Cromley just chuck me some dollars into you <laughs> <laughs> yeah the IPL's number one podcast you heard it here first Yep, in uh, in twenty thirty two. All right, okay, we'll we'll wrap that up. So that's us for another week. Uh, thank you to Piranha for sponsoring the show. Thank you once again to the award winning listeners for continuing to listen to this shit. To be honest, but um, we do our best. Um, <laughs> um, if you have some time, leave a like, rate, review, subscribe, and if you're feeling extra generous. Or you just want to listen to the podcast as soon as it comes out, check out patreon.com slash maximum cricket for exclusive first access of the podcast. But if not, feel free to wait just like the rest of us. So, no, nah, either way, we appreciate support. It goes a long way. Lugsy salary is through the roof, and I'm not too sure how we're going to keep up with the rate he's charging. Um, but, boys, uh, thank you to Jacko and Lugsy. We will catch you Sunday, I think. Sunday night, I believe. Um, Games to review. Yeah, so a big weekend ahead, and uh, we'll see you then. Cheers, boys. Good to be back. Awesome. We'll talk Sunday after a, a big weekend on and off the field. Can't wait to hear it.